Cryptology Files. So Clayton. <laughs> I literally just had to text him, stop stop yelling. <laughs> like we're at home. But we're not. We're on a patio in San Antonio looking at the sunset. Yep, right over the river walk. Drinking wine. Life could honestly be worse. It could. Last weekend we were in Houston. That's also true. The weekend before that we were at Ace, which to the listeners, it's like we were at Ace last weekend. Absolutely. You know, October really has just kind of kicked my butt. Absolutely. Like, i got to stop saying literally. And it's just one of those things where, like, for example, the past week alone has been a travel nightmare for me personally and you, half of and our half staff. half of our staff. It's, it's insane. Just, like, Annie right now is delayed going back no. to, <laughs> to Denver. Um, is it snowing in Denver? Yes. Oh. And the, I guess the plane that she's about to get on is coming from Denver, obviously. Of course. Um, but yeah, like I was twice now, I have landed in airports I was not supposed to. Because heading back to Indy, I had to land in Cincinnati. Oh, that's right. And then coming down here, I had to land in Austin while trying to go to San Antonio. Yes. So it's just been, um, you know, one of those months of travel. And I've been in Texas for what seems like three years. You have been. <laughs> and you know, all the like the travel dampers have really put a, a red mark on Texas for me. Nothing against all our Texas listeners. We love all y'all. But I just need someone to show me a good time in Texas because, <laughs> yes, listen. <laughs> he's up for a good time, guys. You hear listen. that? Listen. Oh, yeah. But um, San Antonio is kind of amazing. Now that everybody was here and... We got to enjoy the river walk. We got to do a new show, which was fun. So, you know, like you said, life could totally be worse. Absolutely. And I actually, I was surprised by downtown Houston. Where we were, I was like, wow, Houston is iffy. But the actual downtown, I showed you some videos. Yes. It's beautiful. Never made it there. Beautiful. So, <laughs> you know, we'll add that one to the bucket list as well. Yeah. Maybe. If we do a show there downtown, we can do a live one. Because we wanted to do a live one at Pandemic. Schedules just did not work out. So Sebastian Stan got in our way. Sebastian, it's all his fault. Of all the people, I'll allow it. He's good people. Well, he was watching the photo op lines at one point, so we should have snuck out. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we can start doing, like when we're out of town, like hit up little bars. If anybody wants to be our PR agent, booking agent. Please. Hook, hit us up, oddityfilescrew at gmail. So anything spooky? Not that you've had time to witness anything spooky. I mean, besides the space stuff, no. Wait, something did happen to me that I was going to talk about. Where was I going? I was driving somewhere alone at night. Was it on the way home from... Did I tell you this? I think so. Was this last episode? I think it was... Either the, or Scarlet Lane, maybe. It was Scarlet Lane, because that's when you had just gotten back. That's right. So, no, nothing. Okay. Well, (laughs) I have had one thing weird happen. I don't think Alex listens listens to this podcast. Um, Alex is a friend of ours that my husband and I stayed with this week while we were in San Antonio. I think his new house is haunted. 
the new house. I got weird vibes. Didn't they just build it? No, no. It was like a, a model home first, and oh. then somebody owned it. Granted. Listen up, folks. Just because you build a home doesn't mean it can't be haunted. You don't know Absolutely. what's happened on that land. You don't. But before we even saw his new home, um, we were hanging out on his back patio, and all of a sudden, out of the... It wasn't even my full peripheral vision, but I saw this, like, cloud of smoke float by under a light under his patio. Okay. Because he's where I got the idea for my fancy right. patio. yeah. And fucking Chris saw it, too. Hmm. Which was really fucking cool because I didn't have to look at him and look at me like, oh my God, again. Now question, was anyone smoking? No, okay. not at that time. <laughs> and we're like, well, maybe his pool's on fire. So we, I walked over there. It was, it was like I was on a ghost town. I'm sniffing, I'm smelling, I'm looking for things. But we couldn't figure out what it was. It was just like this little cloud of smoke went by right under this light. So it was really pronounced. Yeah. Which I thought was really cool. So maybe the haunting is Alex, and maybe, maybe I just something with him. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. So that's interesting. Heather has recently, his girlfriend has recently started listening to the show. So she's starting at the beginning. So this will take her a while for her to get to. So I'll tell her before then. So I lied. I actually I don't have something, but my older sister Tiffany, who listens to the show, love her. She, Telling all the girls at the pool. I know, right? So, and actually, she sent me like a screenshot from like the TV show, and she was like, I didn't mean to send that to you. I was talking to a friend of mine about it, and I accidentally <laughs> sent it to you. So I told her, I was like, season three's almost out. Like, just hold your breath. It's almost here. Yeah. And she said, I need to finish season one and two. I know I've always told you, but my I think my house is haunted. Jimmy put, Jimmy's her husband, mm -hmm. put motion lights in the closets upstairs, and they go out go off all night long. What? I told him that he now has to take them down because they drive yeah. me crazy. <laughs> um, but what is crazy about her house is that um, it is a, a pretty old house, but Jimmy has completely flipped it. Um, I don't, he's... He's a construction guy, right? Yes, he yeah. does construction, like roofing. So, I mean, he's completely flipped this thing upside down. But, as a lot of people know, sometimes construction does bring out Stirs it up. Old remnants. But she said that the lights go off all night, but they've just always agreed, like, leave it alone. Yeah. Don't ask, don't tell. Exactly. <laughs> well, so she probably doesn't want us to investigate, I would guess. Yeah, I don't want to either. Yeah, no, with the kids. Right. Now. But, I mean, that doesn't mean I can't go in and just, like, smudge them out of there. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Which I think it's good anyways. Palo Santo, which we didn't do before this episode. And I forgot the podcast equipment in the van Chris had drove off with. So oh, there it is. It I, was a little frantic right before we yeah. started recording. <laughs> I realized in my hotel room that I had left the podcast I just walked in. in the van that Chris was driving. And I just start yelling in the room, Chris, 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 come Chris, back. Come back. And she's not on the phone yet. No, not even on the phone. Uh, I have lost... My damn mind. So, back to Ace. Did you see the little uh, write-up Alana King did for us on her yes, YouTube blog? Yes, I did. Blog? Yes. I love her. I know. And those pictures, that photo of me, I just look so upset. I look angry <laughs> at something. Well, I think I was talking about murder or something, so you probably Well, also, upset. like, that was, talk about, like, stressful and crazy. Oh, yeah. That was the first time we've ever had to stop working while our staff is working yes. to go and podcast. And it was a lot. It, you know, I did listen to the episode, and it was probably one of my favorites. I like 
I liked the content that we covered. It was, yeah. I just felt like I didn't feel like I, I felt like I wasn't feel. fully concentrating yeah. on your story as you were telling it. I was worried about what was going on. I'm like, <laughs> focus. Right. Focus. So, but still, hopefully everybody enjoyed it. And, oh, by the way, we're Oddity Files, the, the podcast, podcast in San Antonio. I'm Clayton today. Abbott. And I'm Kitsy Duncan. And welcome to Clayton's Patio. We've done this before, I swear. <laughs> it's been three weeks, which is probably the longest we've gone. It, I really think it is. Yeah. So, um, so bear with us, children. Yes. And I'm actually, so we have a couple weeks off now until our next show at GalaxyCon Minneapolis. And we have a live show there. Come see us on Friday night. Um, don't remember the room number right now, but... It's it on up. all our socials. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm actually leaving from here to go out to California for Halloween, like I do every year. Mm -hmm. And so we were like, well, we're just gonna have to do it tonight. And I'm actually happy that we waited till tonight. Yeah. Cause now sure. we're just like, we don't have to worry about anything else. No. And, and the weather's wine. nice, yeah. there's wine. Absolutely, it was a little chilly yesterday for Texas. It was chilly, didn't pack um, appropriately. I packed too much, that's why I just sent one suitcase with the van. Smart. Yeah, but I had sweaters and all the stuff and all the things. But thank you, Alana King, for doing that little shout out. and. I fangirled because I'm a fan of Alana and all the stuff that she does and all the things. Uh, I've got some paranormal in the news. Oh, great. Which I just showed you the video yes. to, so I'm going to explain the video, and I'm sure DJ Jimmy wah, wah, will add the video to our stories on Instagram that I then later share to our Facebook page, which is at Oddity Files. A World War II era ventriloquist doll has been filmed moving its eyes and mouth in the middle of the night. Terrifying. Known as Mr. Fritz, the creepy doll was recently acquired by 48-year-old collector Michael Diamond from Liverpool, who received it as a gift from a local military collector. Military, maybe it's a British thing. <laughs> um, back in July, little is now about little is known about his history, other than it was made by a U.S. prisoner of war in the 40s. In the footage, which was filmed in the early hours of the morning, the doll's cabinet creaks open on its own. Its eyes and mouth can be seen slowly opening and closing without intervention. Terrifying. It's terrifying. Creepy. Plus, okay, ventriloquist dolls on their own? Are terrifying. Terrifying. Antique ones, even more terrifying. But it's just the head. It's just the head, which is terrifying. In like a glass display case. Yep. Absolutely. So what Diamond says, when I first watched the video, oh, so Diamond maintains that the video has not been faked and said it, he has no explanation. What happened was he was waking up in the mornings and the case to the, to the head was, was open. Up. So he went ahead and put a video camera on it just to see what the one was should. going on. I'd have done the exact same thing. Um, he said, when I first watched the video back, I had a weird feeling in my stomach. Same. Um, as one should. <laughs> At least once or twice a week, I noticed that the door kept coming off its latch. I decided to set up a camera for fun just to see what would happen. Then something actually did. I got a weird feeling in my gut, and it's hard to describe. I now keep the doll hidden away under lock and key with a blanket over the top of it. I'm, I have a feeling that's going to piss off Mr. Fritz. <laughs> well. So, um, I wouldn't say I'm scared of Mr. Fritz but I'm wary of it. That's fair. Yeah. It so. really is so scary when you go and watch the video. It's it's one of those that 
It kind of plays on the side where, like, you know the hotel room video where, like, the phone's falling over? Right, and, right, like, right. it kind of falls in that category. But also, it it's just a, ventrilo- a ventriloquist doll, so it's creepy. Yes. And I, after further research, I did find out he has, like, one of those t- traveling museum of paranormal. Uh, so that could go either way. He could be faking it, or it could just be fucking real. Be legit. Yeah. How so. long before Zach Bagans owns it? Did you see he bought, like some Charles Manson murder. I texted it. Yes. And my quote was, if I had Zach Baggins money, I would spend it the exact exact same way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Next story. I don't know if you saw this on Facebook. It's fucking Florida men. They're always trouble. Alvin McAllister, 72, was was found on a small rocky islet 200 miles uh, off the northeast coastline where he shipwrecked two weeks ago and managed to survive off of several seagulls, mussels, and urchins. That's not the story. McAllister, for whom doctors do not fear for his life, was found suffering from intense hallucinations, possibly caused by dehydrations and the toxins unidentified in the mussels he consumed. Still, not, not the story. The story. Um, The patient shows symptoms of extreme dehydration and is still under medical attention. At the moment, he is still suffering from mild hallucinations. He described in graphic detail... Uh Uh-oh. Are you ready for this? No. How he was forced to perform oral sex on fish-like genitals of mermaids and mermen. Not only onto the women... That is not where I thought this was going. (laughs) No. Not only to the women, but also to the men. McAllister's brother brother added in tears. He was visibly shaken. (laughs) Although McAllister's mental state is presently unstable, obviously, (laughs) doctors believe he should heal completely in the weeks to come after his body has expurgated, expurgated the dangerous levels of toxins he has been exposed to, such as these muscles. What was wrong with the muscles? Like high levels of mercury. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, well, that's a thing now. Mermaids and mermen forcing people to. Yeah, Lord. I, that's, I'm stopping. I've got to stop right now. Cue, cue sip of wine. Yeah. <laughs> Pinky's up, bitches. Okay. And I. So that's. That's it for Paranormal in the News. My story is short this is it? week. Yeah. Okay. I struggled. I'm not going to lie. I know. That's what you said. And actually, so when I got here, well, when I finally got here. Yeah. So Friday, you were like, do you want a podcast tonight? And I was like, I don't have my story yet. I'm in a million different places. No. Yes. And I'm so happy that I, like, I waited and actually looked for something because I'm actually really proud of this one somehow. Good. I don't well, know at least how. one of our stories is going to be good. Because I'm not uh, feeling mine. I'm not. I almost wrote another story. I was watching um, the Travel Channel. Surprise! Um, that paranormal caught on tape show. And there's this odd sound that people hear all over the world that sounds like fucking whales ma- mating yeah. in the mountains. And I just couldn't find... Maybe I'll still Enough do about it. it. I couldn't put it together yeah. as a story in somebody else's house while they're trying to move. Yes. It just was not going to uh, happen. Right. Forgot. 
Yeah, that. all the stuff and all the things. And I have no fucking clue who goes first. Who went first? I think I went first at Ace, right? Yes. So, so that's where we're at, yeah. Right, so you'll go first? Okay, so I'm gonna do <laughs> the Beeson Mansion and Crypt. Ooh. Thanks to our friend Jim um, for sending me this story. It's, this goes down in the city of Niles. It's deep in southern Michigan, close to where the state line meets Indiana. A stately old house known as the Beeson Mansion graces one of the town's tree-lined streets. Across from the mansion is the private Beeson Family Cemetery. A single stone crypt sits in the center of the wooded lot and the crypt is the only burial place in the entire cemetery. The story of one of the crypt's occupants may be the saddest and most disturbing Michigan legend of all. I totally just copied and pasted that. That's why that was so good. And the story goes a little something like this. The mansion was built in 1847 and today it looks almost as gorgeous as the day it was built. It was constructed by a local whiskey distiller who sold it to attorney Struther Beeson. To this day, it is referred to as the Beeson Mansion as opposed to the Whiskey Dude. Okay. Struther built the tomb across the street as a final resting place for his mother, Judith, complete with exquisite marble and his mother's name inscribed on the entrance to the vault. In an area that was well kept, almost like a small park, with flower urns and fine groundskeeping. And it, was, it wasn't it was too long afterward another family joined his mom in the crypt. Struther was a shrewd businessman who, after leaving Pennsylvania, moved to South Bend with his first wife, Mary Rithrow. She died and was buried with an infant son in that city of South Bend. The couple had another son, William Withrow Beeson. Struther had one more son, Jacob Miller Beeson, with his second wife, Mary Margaret Miller, all the M's, who was reported to be a relative of his first wife. You know, okay. it was it was the olden days. Right. That kind of shit happened. Um, however, this marriage ended in divorce with the second Mrs. Struther Beeson returning to Pennsylvania with her son. William Withrow, we're just going to call him William because <laughs> the W's are killing me right now, remained in Niles with his father and took Harriet Sophia Bacon as his wife in 1867. In 1869, they were blessed with the birth of baby Job. Spelled Job. I assume, I assume it's pronounced Job, Job. Probably. At the age of 11 months, the child reportedly died oh. at his grandfather Struthers' home. The result of teething. Okay. Wow, medicine was really bad back then. According to the Berrien County records, baby Job was placed inside the crypt along with his grandmother. Harriet was so overcome with grief that her mental state took a nosedive. Every night, she would go into the crypt and treat the deceased infant. No. Yes as if he were still alive. No. Yes, so heartbreaking. She'd put clean diapers on him every night. Mm -mm. Yes, give him baths. 
rock him and somehow even feed him, which Stop. poor, poor woman. She believed he was afraid of the dark, so she would leave a lit lantern in the crypt to keep him from being scared. Oh, honey. There wasn't much Struther could do about this, and he didn't try to dissuade her from her nightly rituals, which, I mean, what would you do in that situation? But, I mean, listen, isn't the ba like the body starting to, like... Oh, just wait. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, in fact, he installed a carbide gas plant connected to a pipeline that ran into the crypt to keep the lantern flame continuously burning because she thought the baby was afraid of the dark, which was very sweet for her father-in-law oh, to Lord. do. Her severe state of shock led her to be put into, oh, nope, I missed the most important part. So stories say that Harrier, Harriet kept this behavior up until the inevitable happened. One night. After, I, I have one of two things on my mind, so. Okay. I can't wait to hear it. Um, one night after feeding and bathing the lifeless baby, she proceeded to rock him. But no. by this time, the body had decomposed so much that, she, that as she rocked him, his eyes fell out of the dead child's head. Okay, that's not as bad as I thought. Much to Harriet's shock and horror. So I, I thought, A, the head was just gonna like roll away. Which honestly makes more sense than the eyeballs. Right. I think that might be part of the urban legend. Two, I thought the lantern was gonna form a like like perform a cremation. <laughs> oh, you know what I mean. I thought yeah, she'd yeah, like yeah, knock yeah. over the lantern, and everybody would go up, including and smoke. her. Yeah. Okay, yeah. sorry. Oh, I'll but his eyes popped out, which, which seems you know, really subtle. <laughs> I think strange. Yeah, yeah very because strange. I feel like his arms and legs would fall off. I feel like his eyes already should have. Like, how long after is this? I mean, do they pop out, or do they just kind of sink into the head? I don't know. I, I, I I'm gonna go with that's urban legend, mm -hmm. and they just didn't want to say like his foot fell off his whole head. Yeah, let's go with that. Okay. <laughs> um, her severe state of shock, we are awful people. <laughs> um, the things that don't <laughs> affect us the way they should affect normal people. Like, this would make so much more sense if the baby's head just rolled off. <laughs> I don't believe the eyes popped out and people are like, the baby's eyes popped out. Right. Meanwhile, the grandmother's <laughs> next to them. <laughs> We're dissecting it, calling Greg Nicotero, going, is this really the way a body would decompose? Um, her severe state of shock led her to be put into an insane asylum where she eventually died at the too young age of 28. She is also buried within the crypt, making a total of 12 relatives buried within the walls of the tomb, which is poetic yes, and yes, yeah, she's Beautiful. with her baby and, and lovely. Today, the mansion and crypt are still privately owned, but can be viewed from the street. So it's not like you can just go sure. on in. Yeah. And, well, you're not supposed to. Passerbys claim that they have heard a mother wailing for the, her child at night. Oh. Of course. Um, She's wearing a white dress. Uh, probably. Or <laughs> in flames. Anyway, terrible. Um, I found one account of someone who captured paranormal activity from the tomb towards the house okay. across the street. And wow. there's photos, and I'll show them to you. And you guys can look it up on our Instagram at Oddity Files. So this is from bachelors-grove.com. Ghost One writes, the house is next door to my aunt in Niles, Michigan. We always knew it was haunted as kids, or at least we always thought it was. It just looked haunted. However, my brother had brought me 
oh, bought me the Weird Illinois book as a Christmas present, which shows you all the weird and paranormal stuff in Illinois. When he was getting it, he looked at the Weird Michigan book and was shocked to find my aunt's neighbor's house listed. It's the Beeson Mansion, and it has a creepy graveyard and crypt across the street, which we've already covered. Well, after finding out my brother and I went to the graveyard and the crypt Christmas night, as, you know, yeah. people do, uh, probably the only time he visits his aunt is Christmas, <laughs> and we took pictures. I didn't think it had anything. However, after a closer look, I found a few strange things. Unexplained lights in the house, then a weird light on the crypt, and there's no orbs. No, these are not orbs. However, there are orbs in a few of the pictures too, but I'm not counting them. This guy gets it. I even took pictures with the flash off to count out false orbs, and the lights in the house showed up with no flash too. Then a picture I just took a few minutes later, they were gone. So here... Can I get that to expand? Okay. So I'll let you scroll through those pictures. Okay. I mean, surely that's like some like some sort of reflection. Yeah. It could go either way. You're right. You're really good. It's super interesting regardless. And the fact that it showed up with flash and no flash was very Fair interesting. Enough. Right. So for those of you who have not looked at our Instagram stories, what these pictures look like um, is they were in the cemetery at night looking toward the house from across the street. And there's three little quote unquote lights that almost look like reflectors that you'd see on like somebody marking their driveway. Yes. But they are, but they are, where you would see like eyes, nose on somebody's face, like where yeah. the eyes are and the nose is. Um, I mean, it doesn't look like a face, but just the two dots side by side, and then one centered underneath the two, possibly orbs, aka dust. But for the sake of creepy, let's just say they don't look like normal orbs. They are, however, coming from a window next to the door of the house so my skeptical self says absolutely an animal on the other side of that window what do you think Ooh, i don't know i think it's something outside that's just reflecting it could be it really could be because that um, would have to be a large animal true and like through a window i don't yeah. know i think it's something from the outside reflecting in yeah you're probably right i saw cat <laughs> it looks like a cat it could definitely be um but again it was captured with the flash off as well. So it probably True. is a reflection of something that he probably just didn't notice. But yeah, for your average Joe who doesn't want to debunk, I can totally yes. see how they would think it's Absolutely. creepy. But claims of poor sweet Harriet crying over the loss of her baby are the biggest claim of that area in general, along with feelings of grief and sadness most people feel when they're approaching the crypt, as they should not be because it's private land. Right. The house was most recently put up on the market in 2014 for 1199. Ugh. Um, pissed I missed it. They'd never let us know. No. According to Zillow, it's 5,500 square feet, five bedrooms. Has that foundation problems. It did. It absolutely <laughs> did. Um, five bedrooms, six baths, and three fireplaces. It sold that same year for 125. 
Oh. And today it's said to be valued at $400,000. Holy crap. Yeah. But maybe um, they've made hauntings an added value at this point. Listen, I don't know. if I bought a place I knew was haunted, I would play it up. I would be oh. like trying to get on the news. And yes. then I would open that bitch up for investigations Absolutely. and like have a haunted Airbnb. Yep. And milk it for all it's worth. Absolutely. 110%. I mean, it might get some en extra interest from both you and I. Absolutely. Yep. So there you go. That is the story of the Beeson Mansion. And reading it now, it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. I mean, a baby's... Eyeballs popping out. I can't. <laughs> Eyes rolled out of its head. So, I realized... Wow. I realized when I like, trying to decide what I wanted to do, that it had been a very long time since I had done a cryptid. True. And there for a while, I was like... I mean, I love that the whole idea of, cryptid. of cryptids and all that. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back to my roots. I'm going to find some weird-ass cryptid <laughs> and just do it. Love it. So you're going to hate this. Am I? You're oh, going to fucking octopus, hate this. No, it? it's worse. Oh, shit. It's worse. <laughs> what do I think is... Okay, bring it. The Mongolian death worm. Oh, well, is it a snake or is it a worse. worm? Oh, fuck. It's a bright red worm. A mysterious cryptid said to inhabit the southern Gobi Desert, which is like Mongolia. Okay. Local Mongolian tribesmen claim to have seen the creature in their travels, but the stories have never been confirmed, even after many attempts by multiple research expeditions over the years. So, this large intestine-like worm. Oh, God. Describe a one meter, so like about three feet long, okay. bulging worm. It's red and it looks like an intestine filled with blood. Oh my! Artistic I threw up in my mouth a little bit. It mm -hmm. just happened. Artistic illustrations depict the worm with a gaping round mouth filled with inward pointing teeth. No. Some describe it as having spiky, a spiky pointed end, and gift it with the ability to spray deadly burning acid Jesus. at a target. See, here's what I'm picturing. That thing from Beetlejuice, but red. Close. Yeah. There are also claims that it can discharge electricity from its body. The death worm will reportedly shoot up from beneath the sand without warning and just killing what it wants to eat, like nope. camels, rodents. But humans can also be on the menu. Of course. Legend says... We're not says, going to Mongolia, even if they want us to live podcast. <laughs> so legend says that it originally laid its eggs in the intestines of a camel... And that's how it gets its red color. Okay. Legend, you know. Yes. So many locals are 100% without a doubt to this day still convinced of its existence. It's like us and Bigfoot. Like, yeah. They just think it's out there. We just haven't caught it on, like, yeah. Hide and seek world champion. Exactly. So even the Mongolian prime minister described the death worm to a Western explorer back in 1922. Really? Skeptics largely... Um, suspect the tales of the killer worm are folklore, but you know, secondhand reports are very descriptive and uniform, regardless of who you talk to. Okay. But as of yet, there are no like confirmed accounts, as with most cryptids. Yes. Many independent researchers, adventurers, and zoologists have searched the every edge of the Gobi Desert to try and find this death worm. That's a lot of fucking desert. A though. lot. Yeah. But none have captured it on camera. 
So it, but it burrows in the sand, Correct. right? Of course, it's gonna fucking hide. It's right. like Bigfoot in the trees. You know, in my mind, it's like uh, the movie Tremor. Oh yeah. It's like one of or those. Or Dune. Right. <laughs> so the history of the death worm has been passed down in Mongolia for generations, but only come to the attention of the Western world in the 1920s after a paleontologist wrote in his book about it. And even the author was a little skeptical of its existence. So a Czech cryptozoologist is credited for being the foremost investigator of said death worm. So he is like the end all be all, right. knows it all. He learned of the worm from a student and made the trip to Southern Mongolia in 1990 to find out more. His investigations were difficult as he found many Mongolians were like really like shy to speak on it because like they were afraid of it. Yeah. And they thought like, we don't want like, we don't want anything to do with it. It's like uh, Native Americans and skin markers. Get this though, making it more complicated was an order by the Mongolian government outlawing the search for it. Get the fuck out. Then it's there. They have one. Right. Exactly. Yes. The government has one. Yeah. So eventually the ban fell though. And the cryptozoologist was able to search for his answers. So in a book that he wrote, he said he described the creature from secondhand, because he never saw it, as a worm-like creature over a half meter long and thick as a man's arm, resembling the intestine of, a, of cattle. Its skin serves as its exos exoskeleton, molting whenever hurt. Its tail is short as a as if it were cut off but not tapered. It is difficult to tell its head from its tail because it has no eyes, nostrils, or mouth. I, I have a theory. Okay. When Joe Biden's elected, he's going to release that those are the aliens. Bernie Sanders? Yes. God, I cannot get their <laughs> name straight. Motherfuck. <laughs> so he never witnessed it himself, but he said, like, through his research and everything, he thinks some, like... People have seen it. Yeah. So, a British biologist wrote a book called The Unexplained, and he describes the legendary beast as one of the most sensational creatures ever. It spends much of its time hidden beneath the desert stands, but whenever one is spotted lying on the surface, it just goes back down. down. Right. Yeah. I mean, just like any, like, if you see a turtle on a log and it yeah. sees you, it jumps in the water. Like, yeah. That's most creatures. Yeah. So although the creature is believed to remain mostly below the sand, sightings are said to be more common in June and July and will only come out if the ground is wet. Yes. So Interesting. Exactly. So there are hypotheses that the worm might be the carnivorous amphisbanid. Amphisbanid. Well done. A limbless right. burrowing lizard that lives oh. in warm climates. But does it look like an intestine? It looks like a really big worm. Like, there's a key there for size. Oh, God, that's more terrifying than the other thing. It's giant. <laughs> it's giant. So, there's that. Um, other researchers suggest that the descriptions loosely match the death adder, a member of the cobra snake family. The death adder is found in Australia and New Guinea, and is physically similar, but mainly because it can spit venom several feet, Ugh. which is terrifying. And it just looks like a big ass snake. It, do, it almost looks like a lizard. It's so thick. Ugh. Yeah, terrible. 
No. Nope, nope, nope. (laughs) Its reputation for being a clearly unpleasant animal hasn't deterred expeditions into the desert by journalists, entertainment reporters, and reality television programs as of 2009. (laughs) All searches, including a National Geographic Channel series devoted to that, have come up empty-handed. So Disappointing. Is it an elusive cryptid? Who knows? But I don't know. it just I don't like adds... how it's trying to claim to be like the best cryptid. We all know that's Bigfoot. Right. And it just goes back to like depending on where you are, like they have different cryptids. But yeah, as and if I've not the, heard of it. The Gobi Desert wasn't like treacherous enough now. So this is one of the first illustrations by like local Mongolians. Okay. Oh, that looks straight out of every movie that's ever had a sand thing ever. Ever. And then here's another one. Um, And again, guys, these will be posted on our our Instagram stories for whichever episode this is. Yeah. Oh. Like, it's terrifying looking. disgusting. Disgusting. That's what I was picturing. So, if you never heard of the Mongolian death worm, you're welcome. It looks like an intestine that is leaking out of one end. But with, like, some teeth. Yeah. Ugh. Not a fan of that thing. Ew, David. Ew, David. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so magical. Um, yeah, so we're on a Shit's Creek thing. We are. <laughs> but that was great. I love that so much. It, well, I was like, there are so many notoriously cryptid creatures out there, but it's just all, like, what we know. Yeah. I recently posted something in our Facebook group, which is the Oddity Files fan group, or we can never remember the name, um, that listed, like, each state in oh, the yes, U.S. Oh, yes, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and, and they're, like, cryptid or, like, their major urban mm-hmm. legend that goes on in there. There were a lot of cryptids on there. There are a lot. And there were a lot that I'd never heard of. I'm like, great. Like Some sea monster in Indiana, apparently, in the oh, Ohio River. Apparently, which probably... I, It's probably some, like, mutated something. Ew, David. (laughs) Um. That's who we need to get on the show. Oh, my God. All of them. So if you guys could do us a favor and tag as much of the Schitt's Creek cast as you can. Especially especially Dan Levy, please. And thank you. And and, and, um, Catherine O'Hara, who are my favorites. Anywho, if you're not watching Schitt's Creek, you should be. That's why. They are not a sponsor. No. (laughs) Could you imagine? Oh, speaking of famous people, uh, when we were in Houston, I spoke to our dear friend, yes. Milo Ventimiglia. Yes. And I pronounced that right because I asked him several times <laughs> how to say it. It's Italian. Um, yes, he was at Fandemic with us, and he had a ghost story, and that story went a little something like this. So, ladies and gentlemen, you're on. Boys and girls. <laughs> We've got friend of the show, Milo Ventimiglia. Friend of you. Friend of me. Friend yes. of you. Milo's kind of a big fucking deal. Hardly. And I so appreciate that. No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just a dude who's just happy to be here always. Well. Always kids. Still, kind of a big deal. Something about a crock pot. I don't know. People keep telling me stories. Slow cooker. Slow cooker. Oh, there's no brand names. Yeah. Gotcha. I've always, I've always, see, I've always been receptive to it. Like I, I. And maybe, you know, you know a little bit more about this, but it's like you feel an energy. There's a presence in what it's that, it's that feeling people get when you look over your shoulder or you feel like someone's following you. Mm-hmm. It's that idea. I think the supernatural, I think they're, 
as interested in what we're doing on our side of things as maybe some of us don't want to know what's going on on theirs because it's the unknown. Right. They've already been to where we are, and now they're in some different place. Yeah. Um, but for me, yeah, sometimes it's it's a feeling, it's an understanding. One time I was doing a movie up in Winnipeg, um, and I was staying at this hotel called the Fort Gary Hotel, which we renamed the Fort Scary Hotel <laughs> because it was, I mean, I, I'd heard stories about this place, and then when I actually walked into it, I automatically felt just the weight. The weight yeah. of oh, I know exactly what you're talking. Yeah, about. yeah, and it's hard. It's hard to put a like intellectual words behind that, but it's just mm-hmm. it's a feeling. You, yeah. you just know. And I just could feel the weight of of the building, and I'd heard stories about you know it goes to haunts the second floor and these people you know that dine and whatever. But I was like, all right, cool. So they put me up on the tenth floor, and I walk into my room. And when I walk into the room, and this just kind of sets up actually seeing seeing something, but I walk into the room, and uh, there was like a foyer, and then beyond that a bedroom, and then to the left of it, there was another bedroom, like a sitting room. And the lights were on in the bedroom, the lights were on in the foyer, but the lights were not on in the sitting room. And so I walk in, and I put my bags down in the bedroom, and I start to walk back toward the sitting room, and the door was cracked open, and there was like a black sheet. It was almost like a black sheet was hung where you can't see into the room, but the door is open. It's just a, a, a space devoid of any light. Light wow. would not enter. And I was like, okay. And so I reached out, and I closed the door. And then when I, right when the door closed, the lights in the foyer kind of like, bum, 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 bum. There's your sign. And I was like, okay, look. And I spoke, and I said, okay, look. I realized you live here. I'm going to be staying here too. I need my rest. I need my sleep. I won't bother you if you won't bother me. Lights. Bum, 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 bum. And I'm like, fuck. Okay, cool. So I, I slept with the lights on for two and a half months. <laughs> I slept wearing a uh, Star Wars t-shirt because may the force be with me. Absolutely. And then it was just like, all right, that's what it is. Yeah. So this one night, I went out to dinner um, with my girlfriend at the time. And on our way back... I, we, we took the elevator up and we took the service elevator. And the way this place was organized, there's a service elevator kind of around the corner from the two main elevators. Mm-hmm. And across from those was a huge staircase going from the bottom of the hotel to the top. Oh, there's wow. one more floor above me. And I, we got out of the service elevator, walked past the two elevators, and I saw a gentleman in a tuxedo making his way up the staircase up to the floor above me and I turned to him I said hey how's it going and then I looked back forward walking to the room and my girlfriend at the time says who are you talking to and I stop and I take a step back and there's no one there I walk up the staircase no one there I walk up the whole floor no one there so he looked like a real person oh yeah it wasn't like grayed out or anything like it that. was if I could say, like, his coloring was muted. Okay, yeah, that makes complete de- sense. Desaturated, mm-hmm. right? Desaturated. Yeah. And he had a tuxedo on, and he kind of looked like the actor Victor Garber. <laughs> oh, wow. Which was interesting, and I'm like, I don't know why. But then, the next day, and I and I said to my girlfriend at the time, I said, look, let's just go back. She's oh, my God, did you see something? I said, yeah, let's just go back to our room. We're surrounded by light and love. It's okay. It's yeah. no problem. So we go back to the room the next morning. I go downstairs and I'm like, hey, so tell me about, you know, the sightings that people have had. They're like, well, it's a second floor. And I'm like, yep, yep. And then like, there's a couple that dines in the in the uh, restaurant. I'm cool. And they're like, and there's a concierge gentleman, like a, a 
an employee of the hotel that and whatnot. And I, and I go, tuxedo, staircase? Like, yeah. And I pulled up a photo. I was like, holy shit, that was the dude. That's insane. Yeah. I love that. And then even like in that hotel, like a month later, I was in my room one night, and out of nowhere, I fucking snap up awake. And I look at, and I feel a breeze kind of cross my left, like the left side of my face. And I look at the clock, and it's exactly 3 a.m. Don't go back to sleep. Five in the morning, I go downstairs. I'm hanging out. I'm waiting for my friends. We all got to go to work. And um, and my buddy comes out, and you know, we just start talking. He goes, "Dude, you look like shit." I go, "Yeah, I didn't really sleep. I woke up in the middle of the night and couldn't get back to sleep." And he says to me, 3 a.m.? I go, yeah. And he goes, yeah. She came through my room, too. Oh, damn. So he was in the room next to me. And apparently, same thing. Like, he woke up, felt a wind at his back, and looked at the clock. And the way his bed was oriented in his room versus how mine was oriented, the ghost just, like, passed the turn, made a, made a right turn or a left turn in my room and went straight through his room, the whole floor. That's I bet everybody woke up at 3. Oh, I bet. That's yeah. amazing. Okay, first and foremost, I love Milo. Agreed. Second, and second most, <laughs> I love the story because how often are we in hotels? All the time. And also, how often do we talk about is everyone that's around us who we think they are? Absolutely. And what did I say when I told you? I said, Milo sees ghosts like us. Milo sees ghosts <laughs> like us. But I it's so, so true. Like, one, hotels like schools and prisons, they're just constantly trafficked. Yeah. And that's why I really think why when you watch all these ghost shows and they're like, oh, we're investigating a haunted hotel or a haunted prison. Yeah. It's like, why are you always at a, a hotel, a prison, a school, a hospital? Mm -hmm. Think about how many people come through those doors constantly. Always, yeah. And so I absolutely believe that if you're going to see a ghost, you or have paranormal activity, you are more prone to it happening in an, in an environment like that. Well, and you know, if you go with, like some people's theory is people go back and haunt the places they love the most. Yeah. And I mean, hotels are all about vacations. Mm -hmm. Theaters are all about good times. Yeah. Schools. I mean, everybody, well, I had my moments in school that I didn't like, but you know what I mean. Absolutely. And, but even aside <laughs> from, from intelligent, just the amount of residual absolutely that is there is i mean nowhere else can compare mm -mm. like if we went up to the front desk at this hotel the <clears throat> oh i just hiccuped <laughs> <laughs> if we went up to the front desk at this hotel that we're at right now and said how many individuals come through your doors a day yeah i bet it would be more than we think it is oh absolutely absolutely and you, we only see a part of those exactly people. so yeah. Thank you so much, Milo. The story was amazing. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to share it with us. Yes. And if those of you who don't know who Milo Ventimiglia is, if you've ever heard of the show This Is Us, he's kind of a big deal. I love him from the TV series Heroes. I'm not going to lie. That was my jam back in the day. But, um, yeah, we've known Milo for a hot minute and so appreciative of him being on the show. But even more... We are appreciative of all you, and I feel like we haven't said that enough lately. I know. Well, so it's so hard because as our, like, avid listeners know, we just went through a lot of back-to-back-to-back -back -back live shows. Yeah. And when you're at a live show, you're just 
like kind of overcome by the people in front of you. Yeah. And you want to give them like your utmost attention. Absolutely. And so we apologize for not giving the attention to the people that that were actually listening, which exactly. was way more than the people that showed up. Right. But we had a good little showing at Ace. That was oh, we super did. exciting. Absolutely. And yeah. we just hit another exciting milestone this morning. Yes. Or last night? Last night, I think it was. Um, we reached 40,000 downloads. Which is a big fucking deal. It is. And well under a year, you know, we still have we still have time. We do. And it's because of you guys, the it listeners, really that are sharing our tweets and our, our Facebook posts and, and telling your friends, like your sister at the pool, just hanging out with some ladies. Oh, you should listen to this podcast. It's you guys that are getting us to where we are. And, and we still love doing it. You know, I do. yes, our schedules get This one was rough for me. Hell. Yeah. Like our, our schedules really are tough. And we hope you guys also understand that, that we always want, like, we never want to feel like we're shorting you and we always want to do it. No. But like this, like everyone that we're with right now is at dinner and Except we're sitting us. out on yes. a patio doing this because we really do enjoy it and we appreciate the time that you guys take to listen. Right. And like Kitsy said, to share and subscribe and review and all that stuff. And all the things. And you know, we got to enjoy a glass of wine or two or two. So that doesn't help. I mean, right. it doesn't hurt. Sorry. <laughs> Hashtag wine. But follow us on all the socials if you're not already. At Instagram. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Oddity Files on Instagram and Twitter. We're on Facebook, Oddity Files. We have a website, OddityFiles.com. Um, we've got merch up there. We, I try to update it as much as I possibly can. I am a little bit behind right now. I did add some new merch yes. that we haven't talked about. It's like the Friends logo, but it says weirdos because uh -huh. all of our friends we are. are weirdos. And, um, yeah, so check us out on all the stuff and all the things. And just know that we are here for you guys and we love you guys in this little crazy-ass community we've come up with. And another quick thing that we forgot because, again, we've had so many live shows. Usually at the end of our episodes, we read listener-submitted stories. Which at live episode or live podcast we have someone from the audience. In this episode we had Milo's story. But if you have a story, if you've been to Mongolia and seen the worm, if you've been to Michigan and seen the house or the crypt or, or anything, the eyes popping out of the baby. Or have you? Do you know what would happen first, the head or the eyes? Yeah, Email let us. Let us know. Oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. We really love getting those stories because it just lets us know that we're not the only ones out there that are slightly crazy. Absolutely. It just makes us feel a little more normal. And if you're in Minneapolis or Louisville and you need to come to GalaxyCon, check yes. it out. on our. It's, it's both on our website, oddityfiles.com, and our Facebook page, which is Oddity Files. We have dates, times, room numbers, all the stuff and all the things. We want to see you there. I'm yes. so excited. And we want to hear your stories there. And also, we've got to get more Odisodes done because yes. everybody loves Odisodes. And we have a good amount of stories that we can get those out and yeah, stuff yeah. and things. And I still feel like I'm forgetting something. I think it's just because it's been a while. It has. And we're not in the podcast dungeon looking at... At the slightest. At, yeah. So, But you guys are amazing. We love you. Where does the new cool ghost on? Goodbye. Thanks, San Antonio. See ya.